You're listening to Just You, a podcast where people speak openly about their stories, revealing the profound impacts that narratives have on shaping our lives. Each episode, join me in exploring the concept of storytelling while we broaden our understanding of the art of personal narrative. Together, we'll have honest conversations, reveal how stories shape our lives, and perhaps discover hidden reflections of our stories along the way. With me, Janika Galloway, as your host, it's time to be Just You. Hi, storytellers. This is Just You. I'm your host, Janika Galloway, and the cat is out of the bag. The cat is out of the bag. I have written a book. (laughs) I've written a storytelling book that is being published for you because it's for everyday storytellers, just like you and I, for folks who are ready to reconnect to the power in their own voice, ready to reconnect to the power in their own story. And It's also for individuals who are struggling with not feeling like they're the author in their own lives or even for someone that feels disconnected from their true narrative. It's for them too, you know, the narratives that they know they want to have, but they don't know how to claim them. This book is for you and it is called The Five Steps to Storytelling Power. And when you embrace these five steps that I teach in this book, you will be a better, stronger, more powerful storyteller using your own narratives to take control of your life big words, (laughs) really powerful and a whole shit ton of hard work (laughs) considering I didn't have any credentials as a professional writer. I'm not a professional writer and I had zero traditional publishing experience, but the book deal really just came through. I, I truly believe because this message had to come through and it is time. And the steps also came to me at a time when I needed them most. And as they changed my life, I began teaching them to anyone who would listen, anyone that would listen to me talking all this crazy talk about storytelling. And along the way, I started guiding others and creating this community. And I I really felt this responsibility and this fire in my belly to move these words through me and into the world to as many people as possible. It just so happens it was in the format of a 50,000 plus word manuscript. And so I've got lots to fill you in on. Stick around until the end of the episode where I'll give you some more details. But for now, I really want to make space for the incredible storyteller that I had as a guest on today's podcast. And it was a chance, I guess I'll call it like a synchronicity because my guest and I had tried to connect over a couple of weeks for our call and we kept having to put off our chat because We were both respecting timing, really, and we both had to reschedule. Things were happening on both ends and just life, really. And it turns out that at the end of this episode together, we, well, little did she know, we started talking about one of the steps to storytelling power in an abstract way. Making space for your narratives is the step. And so we started talking about this at the end of the episode and I messaged my publisher straight away and I was like, oh, I I think it's time to start talking about the book. And so here we are. But first, I have a really important guest that's come on the podcast and they have a story to share. And I thought to myself, if this happened to me and I didn't realise that this is what was happening, how many other people, how many other women is this happening to and how many other women are experiencing this? And, you know, they said at the time it was one in four, now it's more like one in three that experience domestic violence in their lifetime. And it just right then and there gave me this motivation and inspiration and desire and passion and commitment to work with women. My guest today is Sally Douglas. 
And I had to check my notes a few times because you might remember in season one, I interviewed my friend Sally Douglas, who was on a brilliant storytelling journey surrounding grief and doing incredible things in that space. And I now proudly have two Sally Douglas podcast guests and friends. (laughs) They're different people. So just putting that out there, you'll probably notice that in the story, but just wanted to make that clear because today's Sally Douglas is a women's empowerment mentor, supporting women to develop their inner confidence and self-trust. And her story into this work is fascinating. She really broke it down for us and embodies this element of just like following the breadcrumbs to your path. And I, I loved the stories that she was sharing. She shares about her humanitarian and volunteer work the importance of storytelling for women specifically and the connections that that brings. And then also just this interesting insight into feminine and masculine energy within our lives. So I know you're going to love this. Enjoy. So Sally, when I first came across a social post of yours, it really got my attention because it was your birthday and Mm. you had this beautifully vulnerable post about how true, authentic, unique self is an empowering and revolutionary act when you reconnect to it. Mm. And I couldn't agree with you more. It really caught my attention, especially on a birthday post, because you don't see that too often. And so before we get to where you're at now and all of the wonderful ways that you help people through storytelling and connecting to their true self and purpose. I would love to go back to where it all started with you in your journey. How far back do we go? <laughs> what was that chapter that sort of led you into reconnecting with the self again? Mm. Um, I feel like there was a very pivotal moment in my life in my early 20s um, when I was volunteering at a women's organization and I was right at the start of that volunteering um, experience and we were being trained in how to provide emotional support to women on the telephone and we're going through all the maybe um, different issues and challenges that women would face and they were talking about domestic violence and they explained what domestic violence was and I was I remember so vividly I was sitting on the floor surrounded by all these women and I was like that was me in my past relationship that had just ended but that was my experience and I, I knew it was wrong. I knew something wasn't right because I never told anybody, yeah. but I didn't define it or label it or know it as domestic violence. And I remember sitting there in like my own little vortex and I thought to myself, if this happened to me and I didn't realize that this is what was happening, how many other people, how many other women is this happening to and how many other women are experiencing this? And, you know, they said at the time it was one in four. Now it's more like one in three that experienced domestic violence in their lifetime. And it just right then and there gave me this motivation and inspiration and desire and passion and commitment to work with women. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I can only imagine yourself just sitting there and then reflecting upon the story that you had just come out of and being on the other side of that and thinking, you know, if it happened to me and I didn't even know about it, how many people is this, is this happening to? Mm-hmm. So what was the type of work that you were doing there? Um, it was counselling. It was telephone counselling. So I've worked, I work in women's empowerment and I've worked in that 
career and space for 16 years. So that was the start of my journey there. And it was telephone counselling. And then it worked, I worked up to face-to-face counselling and um, social work. And then it took me to international development, more women's empowerment advocacy, um, and now working in my own business. But that was literally the start. That may have been day one of my journey and it just shaped it completely. I knew I wanted to work with people and support people. Um, but that was really defining that it was like, it's women, it's hundred percent women. Yeah. And it just sort of ushered you towards the true path of where you were supposed to go and how yeah. you're supposed to help. Oh, wow. I love that. And do you have any sort of key memory that comes through where you were like, oh, this is 100% the path. This is a green light. This is exactly what I want to follow. Mm, um, many, <laughs> um, my whole life has been quite, um, I don't know if you call it serendipitous, but I've definitely followed the breadcrumbs and my passions and my dreams. And so ever since I was a teenager, I've wanted to work with people and support people. And my teenage dream was to work overseas in um, a developing country, a low-income country, um, and support people. And that it was probably 12 years later where that came about Um, and it was like it was handed to me on a silver platter. I was in Cambodia and I was doing a different, I was working while I was volunteering, um, teaching English to adults and it was just a three-month stint and I just wanted to get overseas, get to Cambodia and really do something that felt really of service and really impactful to me. Um, I was kind of burnt out from my previous job so I wanted to do something a little bit different in a different country and I was learning the language at the time going to after I was uh, teaching English I would go to this tiny little cafe and there was a local woman that would come in and teach English and she was amazing she had this big beautiful mouth with these gorgeous teeth and just the way that she spoke the words I could just see it and I'm like I get it I could see her tongue move I was like she's the best teacher this is amazing (laughs) and after two sessions she said okay this is my last last time teaching I'm going to I've got a job and I was like what you're amazing you can't leave um and I stayed back after class and I said what are you doing where are you going like don't leave me like you're my only chance to learn the language um I found it quite challenging and and she told me what she was doing she was going to work at a women's organization um and it was just starting up they just got a location she'd been hired as a, a project manager by a woman that she knows um, who was also Cambodian. And as she described the organization, I said, that's exactly what I do in Australia. Like it was like mirror, mirror, same organization, just on a much smaller scale. I know there was no telephone line, but there was the drop-in support, counseling, all of the things. And I said, do you need help? Like, can I help you? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes, please help. And I was like, great. So I would teach English in the mornings and that would finish at lunchtime. And then I would have lunch, get on my bicycle and ride to the women's center and support her. Her name is Pisse um, and the other beautiful staff that work there. And I help them with systems and processes and I train them in emotional support and supporting women. And after my stint with um, the teaching of English, which was three months after that finished, um, I was due to fly back to Australia. And I said to them, I, I don't want to leave. Like, do you want me to come back? And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm like basically asking, can I come back? I'm like the uninvited volunteer. And they're like, yes, please come back. And I was like, great. So before I even left Cambodia, I'd booked a one-way flight from Australia back to Cambodia. 
Um, I went back on the arranged flight from Cambodia to Australia, sold everything I owned. Um, and within three months, I was living in Cambodia and I lived there for five and a half years. <laughs> that all wow. Oh my gosh, Sally. So you really followed the breadcrumbs yeah. for your yeah. journey because not a lot of people know how to, I want to say almost tap into those serendipitous events that you've described where it's like, we sort of get ushered in a direction of, Hey, this is likely aligned with one of your sole purposes or something that you're supposed to achieve or contribute to the world. And I really truly believe that listening to those intuitive hits and, and following your gut and also aligning with very special people that act as guides for you is is so special. Mm, I know. It's like the best story. It's like just incredible. I love that. <laughs> and it was, yeah. We're only like the first 10 minutes in. <laughs> okay. So that's sort of how you were born into this yeah. work and really just fell into this incredible training, met all these different women and, and helped facilitate this training in multiple mm. countries. So that really is such good hands-on learning. I can only imagine yeah, what experiences you took from that. So yeah. Okay. So then your journey, did it bring you back to Australia after that? Yes. Um, after about five and a half years, I my intention when I moved to Cambodia and was volunteering and then working at the Women's Resource Centre in Cambodia was to become redundant. I was my intention. Okay, I want to capacity build, work with the team, not with the locals. Um, obviously, the team are local, but I wanted to work with the team, the staff, not the beneficiaries. So I could build their capacity so then I could just disappear um, and they had the skills and could take them forward. Um, and that time came about five years um, into me being there. My, my role changed so many times. When we ran out of money, I would do fundraising. Then I became an event planner. Like I learned everything and I just learned on the job and nailed everything, which is amazing. But that was because I was in the position to be able to and just threw myself in the deep end. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and then I transitioned to the board of directors. I'm still on the board of directors now. And then I really had a dream and desire to come home back to Australia and start my own women's empowerment mentoring business, which I've been doing for the past six years. So it brought me home. And so one of the pieces on your website and through the work that you do and how you describe the, I would say it's mentoring and coaching and just that one-on-one -on -one sort of sessions that you facilitate is you really help women tap into their feminine energy mm -hmm. and you discuss, you know, the difference between the masculine and the feminine and how it plays a role in our life. I would love to hear your expression of that through your own mm, words. Yeah. Well, that, that came about through my transition home. I realized when I was in Cambodia, I was obviously doing incredible work and I was working like seven days a week. I was going, going, going. I was so committed and so passionate and it was very celebrated because I was doing something selfless and all of these things. And no one was like, Sally, are you overworking? Um, and I realized I'm overworking and I can't do this anymore. Um, and I really burnt out over there. Um, and so when I came back to Australia, I was like, I can't do this the same way. I don't know what masculine and feminine weren't terms that I had any idea about, never heard of them before, but I just knew I couldn't work and live in the same way so I just decided back then to like do everything the opposite <laughs> I think that I'm not recommending this but this is what I did and so then I was like okay put myself first rather than work because in Cambodia I was putting my work first over myself so I just did all of these different practices I 
practice receiving. I would set these little challenges for myself, like practice receiving, then for a few months, practice vulnerability. And it was all of these things. And then eventually, I don't know where, I can't even remember where, but I learned about masculine and feminine. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what I've been guiding myself through for the last couple of years. And it really just felt nourishing and it felt effective and it felt really safe. And I was able to build my business in this way. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. Like everyone needs to know about this because the way that we, our society is um, operated is in that very masculine, like go strive, hustle, work, push, um, you know, and that can have a time and a place, but it's just really not sustainable. And this is why we get burnt out. You know, prior to me coming back to Australia, I burnt out three times in my career. So clearly it wasn't working. Um, yeah. So the feminine is really like, it's the opposite of logical. It's about, like you said, the intuition and being guided by that and by heart and by feeling. It's more emotional based. Um, whereas the masculine is more conscious and heady and linear and thinking and strategic and practical like I said a time and place for that and it's incredible we need to learn how to integrate the both um but when we take more of the feminine embody more of the feminine which is not all but many of women's essence um we feel more nourished and we feel more open and expressed and creative and collaborative these are all qualities and traits of of the feminine which when you say all those things you're like of course I want all of that yes I don't want to compete I want to collaborate you know and and it's so nourishing like I said. So does an individual typically lean more into one than the other or is it do you come across many clients that are balanced or is it usually one person is probably a more feminine energy and they need to pick up a little bit more masculine or you know the other way around is it a split or how does it usually turn up for you yeah I mean most people come to me because they feel like they're operating more in their masculine and they want more of the feminine because that's what I that's how I support and that's what I offer um Mm. And that is common, like I said, in our society, in our culture, it's all about masculine, you know, from when we're three, it's like be independent, learn to do things by yourself. And then it's about achieving. It's about going through grade one, two, three, four, all the way to 12 and then university and then a job, like everything's very linear. Everything's very heady, very structured, very logical, um, very IQ based and less EQ, which I think is really the most important Um over IQ so a lot of women that I see are using the masculine I guess subconsciously as a protective mechanism of like how to protect ourselves from the world because you know we can get hurt by so many ways and when we live by our heart and heart first and open and all of these beautiful things without boundaries, without limits, Mm. which is where the masculine comes in. Like I said, we need the integration. We need to have the strength and the structure and be held by the masculine. So then we can be open, express, flowy and all of those beautiful things. Um, So many women haven't learned that we're not taught that like where do we learn that (laughs) nowhere to be seen there's there's only a couple of books with that in it now exactly like (laughs) thankfully it's coming more but you know if you go back 10 years it was like nowhere I'd never heard of these things um so a lot of the work that I do and what I see um in my community working overseas as well everywhere is that more more often than not many women are in that protective masculine Yeah. And also because, I mean, we've been in a generation where we've sort of been told that we can have everything all at once. Mm -hmm. So 
I know like from my own experience, you know, having my children and having to sort of lean into that feminine energy, but then also struggling with coming back into the workforce and being expected to work like a man and like work really hard and be in that masculine decision-making mode. And it is such a contradiction and it is really challenging to do them both at a hundred percent all of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the saying like we can have it all full stop. It's like, you can have it all, but maybe not at the same time. Yes. Yes. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So that, that is really fascinating how we can have those two different types of energy within us. And so I was wondering if you could also just give a bit of light and shed some information on how storytelling is so vital and necessary for female connections and that female empowerment. Mm. Yeah, well, the key word there that you said is connection. I feel that we connect through stories. Um, it's a way to speak to someone's heart. It's a way to see how similar we are rather than different. Because yeah. even if the story that I share is not exactly your story, there's going to be elements of it that you go, oh, I felt that. Oh, I get that. I've been there, right? Yeah. And that creates connection. And what we want is to be connected. You know, we live in this more inter, inter like more disconnected world and we want to be interconnected. Um, and it speaks to the heart, it speaks to emotion and it enables us to come together in a world where, like I said, it's like independence and all of these types of things. So when we can come together through similar stories, life experiences, like I said, no one's ever going to have the exact same experience and story as you. And we all live on this in within the spectrum of emotions and we're all experiencing all of them, right? We all know what it feels like to be angry. We all know what it feels like to be grief-stricken. We all know what it feels like to be blissed and in this ecstatic energy. We're just moving through it all at different times. So when we can see that, then we can come together. And I feel like storytelling is a way to really connect the dots and connect ourselves and connect our hearts. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Sally. Mm -hmm. And so to wrap up our time together, I was wanting to open the floor to you to ask how people can work with you if they are interested in exploring their feminine energy a little more. Mm, yes. Well, I have worked in my own business for like six years now running different programs around the feminine and empowerment, women's empowerment. And I've often run programs like one more focused on the feminine and one more focused on empowerment and then different classes and all the different things over the time and now I'm bringing everything together um, which just feels so exciting in in an academy it's called an academy uniquely you academy so this is a space and a journey and an experience that's not run with a set curriculum it's not like you will learn this and this we come together as a collective of women where we can support each other and be seen and held and practice and exchange ideas, conversations, experiences, stories with each other, led by me with classes and teachings and learnings. And it's very experiential. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited about it. So it's a 12 month beautiful journey. And it's really about connecting with our unique, authentic selves and what that is for us, because we are all different. And we're all unique and all of us have incredible, beautiful qualities and values and characteristics that get to shine. And we don't want to continue to suppress and, and dull our shine. Um, we want to be able to be our full selves and be confident in ourselves and trust ourselves. 
and overcome the limiting beliefs and the fears and the self-doubt and the self-talk and the things that commonly hold us women back. So this is Uniquely You Academy and I'm so excited. So all of the information will be on all of my websites and those types of things. And I'll be running um, on July 19th a free masterclass on resilience and building resilience and how we can really cultivate and create ourselves through challenge because we've all been through all these different challenges and and they don't need to hold us back. They are what the fuel to create who we are. So I'm going to be doing a free masterclass on that as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, congratulations. That sounds like an incredible community and talk about storytelling and collaborative and coming together to share these experiences and grow towards the self, right? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so your piece on resilience, just before I let you go, I did want to touch on that because I think resilience is such an important piece of a storyteller's journey and Mm -hmm. being able to, you know, get back from a particular chapter or a story or an experience and then get back up again and continue to chase the story you desire. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk us through a little bit about what you're hoping to discuss in that workshop? Mm, yeah well so many of us like life is as I always say life is always lifing and it's going to continue to life whether we whether we wanted to or not whether we're ready for it whether we're expecting things to happen and we have no idea what's coming tomorrow let alone in five minutes and so our our resilience our ability to be adaptable and to receive which is a very key feminine characteristic to be able to receive life as it comes rather than reject it or simply not accept it um forms our character forms our strength and it forms a, a big part of who we are you know a lot of people can say oh I wish that never happened to me or oh and you ashamed of that I would never do that again whatever it may be a part of their story and the history but all of it has shaped you right now and it's made you you And the more that we embrace that and not be ashamed of certain things that have happened or reject it or hide it, it's rejecting ourselves. And the only way we can be our full selves and confident and love ourselves and trust ourselves and all of these things that we all truly desire is to embrace all of ourselves, the good and the bad, if you want to use those labels. Um, And through that, we can really build resilience to be able to weather the storms that, you know, come our way, which do all of the time we can have smooth seas at times but sometimes a storm hits that was unexpected and wasn't forecast by the weatherman at six o'clock that night um and we want to be able to to flow with that and roll with that and that is what I want to be really speaking to and teaching on that on the masterclass. incredible yeah making space for your narratives and holding space for the narratives that you've gone through and what you've experienced is one of the first steps to storytelling power and it is such a key step to integrating that true self and feeling like you've really got a strong foundation to then share your stories. So I completely resonate with that. And I thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us about all of the wonderful storytelling you're doing and how you're encouraging and helping women to feel empowered. Mm, Thank you so much. It was so beautiful. Thank you. You see what I mean about talking about the first step without even knowing it? It was like, ding, 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 ding. Okay, time to go. Time to start talking about these steps. And Sally was such a beautiful conduit for me to just utter those words out loud for the first time on the podcast. So making space for your narratives is the first step to storytelling power. Because the only way that we can really be our full selves is to embrace all of ourselves. 
really. And through that, we then build this strong base and this strong foundation to share and claim our stories on. She called it resilience, which I also really loved. And I'll also be sure to share all of her details in the show notes, should you want to join her community and the free session that she was talking about. So I promised some more details about the book. And to be honest, I think I'll have to create a whole episode on this book and its purpose because there's just a lot I want to say. But I wanted to call out some more sort of ways that that book can help with those traits that I mentioned earlier for those people that might be feeling or resonating with those traits that I was talking about or those feelings I was talking about, about not really owning your story or knowing your story or wanting to reclaim that power again. And so today's episode, I'm just going to recap here how the book can help those feelings. And it can help because its whole purpose is to awaken you to the significance of your personal narratives within the context of your own life. And it guides you towards embracing your role as the really the master storyteller of your own life, irrespective of your background, your status or your past experience. And you will really just accept that you are the driver of your story and realize that you don't require approval from others to share it. And instead, it's just a matter of claiming it, claiming that power. And you will also open your awareness to the fact that storytelling is everywhere, which we all know, obviously, you're a listener of this podcast, you understand that and really accept that your unique voice holds weight, gaining control of the narratives in your life by overcoming challenges and communicating correctly and directing your self-talk and really just pursuing the narratives that you truly desire. So I can't wait to share more information with you on this. And I am so thankful for your listening ears, your hearts and your support. Until next time, storytellers.